Sunshine bitches, welcome back to another episode of Just a Quick Pinch. I'm your host, Connie Wang. Twas the night before Monday, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring. Not even. The two remaining brain cells left in my brain, apparently. So I'm just in this like happy, silly, and like lazy mood today, and I don't really feel like studying or doing anything productive. Um, it's a sunny Sunday that I'm recording this. And so usually by now I have the Sunday scaries, but this week is it's a little light since I'm just studying for board, so I kind of like blocked off my schedule. So yeah, I am feeling good today. Um, it's been a pretty frustrating, like stressful last two weeks here in my brain, but I think the seasonal depression has finally fully left my body. I feel like maybe, you know, it was the recent new moon or something. I don't know. I just feel refreshed and like better days, warmer days are coming. And I hope you guys are all doing well. Also, thank you so much, you guys, for crushing it with leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts. You guys are the absolute best, and I got such good ones last week, so if you still haven't left a review, please, please head over to Apple Podcasts. Um, It helps my podcast out so much and would mean a lot. Also, some exciting housekeeping while I have you guys here. Drumroll, please. So, next week, I actually am taking my boards. Therefore, I will be a little bit uh, stressed. So... We have an exciting new guest taking over the entire episode, except he's not a new guest. That's right, the one and only Jimmy Hanshaw. Uh, (laughs) Jimmy, my boyfriend, will be taking over next week's episode since I'll be a little bit preoccupied studying for boards. And, I mean, you guys already know him. He's like a fan favorite, so I figured you guys would be excited to hear from him. So... What I want you guys to do is, right now on my Instagram, I ask you guys to submit any sort of questions that you have for Jimmy, anything that you want Jimmy to talk about. Don't worry, because he'll come up with things to talk about on his own, I'm sure. But, you know, I did want to give him, like, some form of guidance so he doesn't go completely off the rails. So, do me a favor, submit to me anything that you want to hear from Jimmy. You want to hear how I am as a girlfriend? Ask Jimmy. You want to hear his thoughts on pharmacy school? Ask Jimmy. Ask Jimmy literally anything, and uh, he will discuss it all next week. So I'm excited to edit that episode. I'm excited to hear what he has to say. And I'm excited for you guys. I feel like it's actually going to be like a pretty entertaining episode. We all know Jimmy. Uh, He's a Leo, so he can't say no to a spotlight. So yeah, that is next week. Anyways, this week on the podcast, we are discussing how to overcome failures and those blows to your self-confidence or happiness. You know, last night took an L, but tonight I bounced back. I don't take credit for that. That's That's a line from Big Sean in case anyone lives under a rock and doesn't remember that song. I'm talking about those hard days at work or school and having to give a patient bad news or getting through feedback that hurts, getting a bad test grade even though you studied really hard, not packing enough cord, and then having to retake your final impression. I'm not speaking from personal experience or anything. I'm just really mad I'm... (laughs) It's okay. It's gonna be okay, Connie. Anyways, yeah, so we have all been there, clearly. So basically, I'm giving you guys a deep dive this week on how to brush things off and just like keep it moving like a bowel movement, right? Right, Ellie? That's that's an inside joke for what I'm about to mention. Yes, an inside joke between me and my dog. So with that, it's time for the hot girl huddle. Hit it, Ellie. Imagine if I actually like turned around and Ellie was like, okay, mom, and like had like a boombox with like music ready. Oh my God, Ellie, what are you... Okay, I have like way too much fun editing this. Alrighty, first things first for the hot girl huddle, we got our healthcare horoscopes. So this week for the horoscopes, Monday, April 4th. It's already passed if you're listening to this, but I wanted to tell you guys this because apparently some of us might experience speed bumps. We should try to view it as a blessing in disguise because it appears the planets are in some kind of way 
blessing us, like saving us from something. That's like what it looks like, something that you wouldn't expect. So if you hit any sort of roadblock on Monday, April 4th, or some sort of stalling, it might be important and good. So just know that if, if you feel disappointed in any sort of way, just know that it's a blessing in disguise. Then Tuesday, April 5th, there's a little like romantic something something going on. I don't, I don't really know why. Um, but that's like just what the planet said. And then Sunday, April 10th, we got a good old fashioned, it's like a logistical moment, okay? So let's, let, let's put on our reading glasses. We got our nails clicky clacking on the keyboards. Whether you're like working on your budget or your timelines, there's some sort of like planning or simplifying or like clarifying going on, or like maybe you're investing in something too. Oh, this reminds me, I also have to still do my taxes. There's nothing I hate more than filling out the FAFSA and doing my taxes. Like I feel like doing my taxes is the grown-up version of doing the FAFSA. It's just weighing on me and I don't want to do it. And then once you do it, you're like, it's not really that bad, but it only comes around once a year. So it feels like a big deal every year. Anyways, yeah, next up we got Spit Talk. <laughs> Alrighty, you guys. So this week for Spit Talk, or should I call it Shit Talk, um, this is where the bowel movement inside joke with my dog comes in. So this week, our poor little Ellie was actually sick and she was just leaving. I, I'm just going to call them absolute bombs everywhere across our carpet. So when I tell you I've seen shit, it was just like so watery. So basically, Ellie had this constant diarrhea like every two hours whenever we would take her to go to the bathroom. Like she would be sprinting for the for the door and would go as soon as she could. So basically, it all started like overnight one night. She started whining at 4 a.m. to go to the bathroom. And like she usually doesn't do that, obviously. She usually can sleep through the night. Uh, so Jimmy took her out and she had diarrhea. Then on a walk later, she ended up throwing up to... Okay, so he here's some backup story. Ellie loves little round soft balls. Like, those are her favorite type of toy. Am I an adult? I don't think so. Um, but yeah, those are her favorite types of toys. So about a month ago, <laughs> why can't I stop laughing? <laughs> we got her this, this toy set that was like a set of three little peas in a pod. Disclaimer, before you guys like come at me with pitchforks and saying I'm a bad dog mom, she has never given us a reason to worry because she's not someone that like eats anything or like swallows her toys. I love that I called her someone. <laughs> She's not the kind of person that like eats her toys. Usually like her favorite thing to do is she just loves like walking around with these small balls in her mouth and she'll like throw them into the air um, or like stuff them under the couch. Like she just, she, I didn't think she would like ever choke or swallow anything if, if we've given her anything. But basically, so yeah, the other day, like a month ago, we gave her these three little peas in a pod two of them went missing and Jimmy and I were like hmm, that's weird and like she did throw up like one of them but when the other two went missing we were like I don't think she would have made the mistake and thrown up and ate the other two again I promise you guys like we're not bad dog parents we just like genuinely thought that she had stuffed the other two peas like under the couch or something um but yeah anyways here we are one month later we took her on a walk and she threw up those two missing peas it's unclear if she had them in her this whole time or if she like recently found them and just decided to ingest them. But luckily they were like whole and they actually looked pretty good for their condition. So we took her to the vet and then they they just, they said that she was honestly fine. They put her on a special diet. They told her not to feed her for 24 hours. And then just to give her this like special dog food, they said like she didn't need x-rays or like anything like that since like everything looked good and she threw them up whole. But basically after that whole day, then like overnight, so you know how the first night she like whined for us to take her out at like, 4 a.m. So the second night, 
I don't know if like Lil Miss just felt bad for waking us up or something. Maybe she was like, oh, mom and dad look so comfy. I, I don't want to bother them. So then when we woke up the next day, she had like so much diarrhea like everywhere in the living room. Uh, now she's feeling completely better and back to her normal self, which is good. But yeah, she like really scared Jimmy and I for like this whole week. It was the first time that we had ever like really had like a scare like that because like she was a really good puppy like I said like she's never given us a reason to worry about like ingesting anything she's like a pretty smart dog but yeah it's safe to say we won't be giving her little small round balls anymore <laughs> they also put her on flagell but she doesn't love taking it obviously and like I'm not really sure why she needed them and now the pharmacist and Jimmy and I like we're worried about her risk of developing resistance and we're also counseling her on limiting you know consuming alcohol to avoid the risk of a disulfiram like reaction so just another day in the Wang Hanshaw household. I feel like I should be letting editing Ellie take the mic for a second. Okay, one second. Taking the aliens. Anyways, now that you know like literally everything about my dog's bowel movements, let's get to the main episode. Alrighty, so for this week's topic, I thought it was extremely important for young women or anyone honestly like working in healthcare to hear this because for one, I feel like it's not emphasized enough how hard the nature of the work that we do is. Like sometimes decisions can literally be life or death. Even if they're not life or death, they're they're pretty life-changing, right? Like we're taking care of someone else's like mother, father, husband, daughter. So as you can imagine, things get pretty heavy and the bad days really hurt. Even the good days hurt. Like, my back is literally never going to be the same. On top of that, we're also, like, we all tend to be these high achievers. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And more likely than not, we are perfectionists. So this week's topic of bouncing back from bad days and failures is honestly something I've wanted to discuss since, like, the inception of this podcast idea. Because as much as I love all the current, like, lifestyle self-help podcasts out there right now... I don't think they get it sometimes, and they would probably agree with me. Like, sometimes having a green juice and a three-hour morning routine is just not realistic for us to help us, and we need to be equipped with the right tools and discussions in order to do good by ourselves and for our patients, too. So long story short, there's so many different, like, subcategories of the topic of mental health as someone who works in healthcare, but today I specifically want to discuss bouncing back from failures and, like I said, brushing off the things that hurt. Because in my opinion... This is one of the most important parts to succeeding within a career in healthcare or in life in general. It's, it's like the saying, it's not how many times you fall, it's about how fast you can get back up or maybe how many times you get back up, something like that. And to handle the challenging like long days ahead, it's really important to protect yourself so that way you can be an even better provider for your patients. It's, it's kind of like the whole like you can't pour from an empty cup thing. So let's begin. If you're my personal friend and you're venting to me about something, I feel like chances are you've heard me tell you at some point, like, this isn't actually about the thing that's bothering you. You need to go take a hot shower, take a nap, and you'll feel better. That's, so basically for any of my friends listening to this, this is probably pretty accurate. That's a page straight out of Papa Wang's book, um, that and don't make eye contact with strangers. And also, tube socks with flip-flops is a socially acceptable thing to wear. That one I'm still not so sure about, but anyways, Okay, so growing up, he was like the self-help person in our family, and his go-to remedy for whenever us girls in the family were stressed was to just take a hot shower and a nap, and then you'll feel better. And that's kind of seeped into how I approach self-help. Because I know a lot of times we get hit down at work and school, and it's not the one thing that gets you. It's honestly just that one straw that broke the camel's back, okay? Like, 
Camel, Camel Kathy has been chugging along with her hay, and they were like, here's more hay. She said, sure. They were like, here's more hay. She said, sure. And, like, eventually, hay after hay straw, that one last straw was what did it. Prayers for Kathy the Camel. It's not the one comment from your attending that kills you. Normally, on any other day, you could just shrug that off. But it's the culmination of that and being on your being behind in studying and like having a stressful procedure in the afternoon. So you can see it's actually about being able to take care of yourself and keeping yourself running at a stable, healthy pace, not overwhelming yourself, not stressing yourself out or running on fumes, because that's when you're more vulnerable to things that you can normally easily overcome. And apparently that all starts with a hot shower and a nap and tube socks and flip flops. But anyways, related to taking care of yourself and getting yourself on that stable level. The other day I was reading and it was in, I I think it was like the Harvard Business Review, like they had an article and it stated that the best things healthcare workers can do to take care of themselves has to do with emotional intelligence. So I kind of thought emotional intelligence was being able to tell if someone's like mad or not, (laughs) but it's actually something more than that. And studies have shown that like having greater emotional intelligence creates better results from productivity to job satisfaction. So here's why emotional intelligence is actually more than like what I thought. It, it can actually be divided into four things. So there's self-awareness is one, and then self-management is two. Then there's social awareness is three, and relationship management is four. Those four things make up emotional intelligence. Self-awareness is being aware of how our emotions are and how they affect us. Self-management is our ability to then take our emotions and regulate ourselves in times of stress or anger or negative. Social awareness is having empathy and being able to pick up on other people's emotions. That's what I thought emotional intelligence was at first. It's apparently only one part. And then relationship management is like the quality of our interactions. So the idea is that these four are like, you have to be aware of yourself and others. And then once you're aware, you also have to know how to manage yourself and your relationships. And I feel like people underestimate the power of, you know, having stability in all four of those areas and running at a normal stable tank level because so many of us high achievers are like, go, 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 go. So in knowing this, in knowing that these four aspects make up emotional intelligence and how important these things are, my first point to bouncing back is asking yourself if you're upset and down what it's really about big picture and I want you guys to stop and evaluate how you're doing in these four areas. So to do that, this article actually had some like pretty good prompts. So ask yourself for one, for self-awareness, ask yourself, am I aware of my emotions and am I aware of how I'm expressing them and how that's impacting other people? Then for self-management, ask yourself, do I have an effective way to navigate my emotional triggers? What is in my zone of control? For social awareness, ask yourself, do I listen to others first to understand instead of like rushing to respond? And then for social management, ask yourself, are my communications frequent, clear, and open to feedback? And am I going slow at key moments, including moments of giving thanks? These are just like questions from the article that I thought were really good to pause and ask yourself, maybe on the way to work or like journal. But yeah, I think it all starts with giving yourself the time and space to reflect on these and see how you're doing in these four areas. And yeah, sometimes awareness is like all you really need to get that first step going. So now that we have you guys running on like a full or like more filled tank, you're not running on E anymore. These are some other key things for me that at least help me to shrug off the bad days. One is friends that you can be vulnerable with. Know the people that you can go to. And notice how I didn't just say friends in general. So one of the most important things I've realized in pharmacy and dental school is you really need 
you really need friends that you can be vulnerable with. Like, friendships have become more nuanced the more that I see and make, and you have to have friends that you can vent to. Then you have friends that you study and have fun with, or you have, you know, friends that you do other stuff with. I don't think you have to expect everything, all those things from your friends. I think it's normal to have a special and different relationship with each friend. So the key is, I know my bad days where to turn to. I know the friends and family that I want to talk to. You need people that you know will uplift you the way you want to be uplifted. For example, Jimmy is my boyfriend, but he's also at the core one of my best friends. And also my roommate. Speaking of which, Jimmy, we really need to go grocery shopping. We are out of eggs again. That's, that's it. That's the whole purpose for today's podcast was to tell Jimmy that we have to get eggs. But anyways, where was I? Um, So I know I can go to Jimmy for a lot of things. He's great when I want to laugh. He's great when I want an outside perspective or a solution. But I don't know if any of you ladies out there feel the same way or any of you guys out there feel the same way. When something is so raw and upsetting to me, sometimes I just need someone to tell me like, it's okay, it's not my fault. Maybe like a nice little sprinkle in of like, you're right. Or like a dash of like validation, you know? I feel like anyone that's actually emotionally mature is probably listening to this and thinking it's juvenile, but I don't care, okay? This content is for people that are equally as emotionally immature as I am. So I just learned that I can't expect or enforce Jimmy to react a certain way that I want because he's entitled to comfort me however he wants. So point being, I know his best way of comforting me is he likes to give me a game plan. He likes to be the voice of reason, the devil's advocate sometimes. So I know when things are raw and still hurting and maybe I know that's not what I need. I don't I don't need solutions. I need an equal amount of outrage. But yeah, I don't know. I'm someone that wants to feel heard and validated before I come up with the game plan of what to do. And I think a lot of other people out there can relate. I feel like in a partnership, it's always one person's like me and the other person is the logistical plan making one. It's just like the rules of relationships in some sick way. (laughs) So long story short, it's up to you to know what you need in that moment. You need validation and sympathy? Go to a friend that can do that. I have so many great friends at dental school that I can go to and I know they'll be like, yeah, and like grab their pitchforks with me. You need solutions and outside perspective? Go to a different friend that gives that. Then I go to Jimmy for that. But I'm telling you guys, you need your people. Everyone needs someone. Okay, number two, whenever I feel hit down by something at school or work, sometimes it just feels like there's this dark gray cloud hanging over me and I can't get away from it. It like paints my world gray. For example, in the past, whenever something bad's happened, I always feel so overwhelmed that it doesn't matter if it's like sunny and beautiful outside and I can go out and do all these fun things. I was so fixated and I remember feeling like I was being followed by this dark cloud. I'd be having fun and then I would like sigh and remember like the sad thing and then I'd be like sad again. I just remember thinking, like, all I want to do is feel back to normal again. I miss my life before this thing happened. And I just want you guys to know that this is completely normal. And with time, this cloud, I promise you the cloud is going to pass and you'll feel normal someday. But one of the things that helps the time pass and makes the time under the cloud more bearable is activities and things that ground you. So these are things that give you a little piece of feeling like yourself again and feeling like life is back to normal even just for a little bit. So this looks different for everyone. For me, one of the grounding things I do is I love doing the 12 330 treadmill workout while watching YouTube videos. Uh, So for those of you guys that don't know, this workout is basically where you walk on a treadmill on an incline of 12 for a speed of three for 30 minutes. And doing that plus watching some of my favorite YouTube videos just really gets me out of my head. I break a good sweat. I'm like sweating out all my emotions. And then when I get off, I'm happy and I feel like this release and I somehow feel magically back to my normal state. So for you guys, it doesn't have to be a workout, but I do find that by moving my body and getting myself out of my head so much, it kind of brings you to a more centered state. But again, like do whatever makes you feel back to normal for you. 
I also have certain songs that I like to just like remind me of like the good times and like remind me of who I am. So for me, it's Donza Kuduro by Don Omar for anyone listening. For my friends listening, they're like, yeah, obviously. Uh, but yeah, it's Donza Kuduro by Don Omar. My other favorite songs that make me feel the most like me besides that are also Limbo by Daddy Yankee. I just love that song. And then also Wake Me Up by Avicii or The Nights by Avicii. I don't know why. I think I listened to these songs a lot during my formative years. So they just, I don't know. These songs just feel like my anthem in some way. Wake me up. I don't know. It's just, it really gets me. (laughs) So make a playlist of your anthems and play them when you're on your way to work or school or when you're working out and getting ready. Just remember who you are. And I promise you this dark cloud won't be around forever. You're still you. Okay, number three, this is more in the realm of how to handle the guilt or heaviness when you did the best you could at the end of the day, but things still didn't turn out the way you wanted. Like maybe you had to tell a patient bad news and you felt like you let down your patient. This is real specific to if your career is like very patient facing. Um, And I want to do a whole separate episode on this because there's just so much that I have to say. So if you're interested, look out for this for the future. And I also do want to say that, you know, like grief and trauma from working in healthcare is a very real thing. And I want you guys to seek professional help if you think you're at a place where you would benefit from it. Um, And, you know, like a lot of you guys might think like there's nothing they could say that would help. But just like you have years and years and years of training for your specialty, these people are trained to help you in ways that you couldn't think of. So I do think it's worth a shot if you're experiencing a lot of grief and trauma from your current position. But the first thing that you really have to do is be honest with yourself. So a lot of times failures are truly there for learning opportunities. Like, is there something that you could have done better? Learn from this and see this as an opportunity for like a reset or a pivot or improving. And don't fall into the trap of tying in your past mistakes and being like, I always mess up, poor me. Unless you see a pattern. If you see a pattern, then that's also good because that's the first step to stopping it. But I'm talking more about like, don't fall into the pity spiral of being like, nothing ever works out for me everyone else is always better. Like these are very broad statements and that's how you know that you're catastrophizing. But yeah, be really honest with yourself and also recognize that sometimes you really do everything you can do right. You did everything in your control and these things still happen. It happens to like everyone. It happens to the big dogs out there. Anyone in the position to be treating patients in a way and try to find the freeness and knowing that it's happened to someone before you and it's gonna happen again to someone after you because that's just the nature of the practice of healthcare. We are humans treating humans and just like doing the best that we can. I'm not saying just like slap a band-aid over it and be like everything's fine. Uh, It's not about this like false positivity or like delusion or anything but realistically you have to find a way that resonates with you to cope with your demons and make sure that you're not taking these things home with you. Also, obviously, I'm not like a brain surgeon, okay? I'm not doing like open heart surgery, but I have seen enough to know like the serious implication of working in healthcare and the importance of providers being able to find their own like personal coping mechanisms, right? And now time to interrupt myself (laughs) with this week's first voicemail. This week, we actually have the luxury of not one, but two voicemails. So let's hit it with the first voicemail of the week from my friend on Instagram. Learn with Libby is her username and Libby is a P3 pharmacy student. So there's three things I like to do uh, to bounce back from whatever life has thrown my way. The first thing is feel my feelings. So this can be 10 minutes, a few hours, maybe even a few days, but it's just a chance to acknowledge how I feel and tell myself that what I'm feeling is valid. And so then I remind myself that everything happens the way it's supposed to. So sometimes this is a really hard pill to swallow, 
but I try to reflect on what I can learn from the situation, um, tell myself that maybe there's a better opportunity or this is a chance to celebrate someone else's win. And last, I like to find my happy place, which isn't necessarily a physical space, but it's just a mindset of being confident and feeling like your genuine self. So I can usually get here by dancing around, uh, spending time with my favorite people, um, and going on vacation and like getting a reset. So I hope this adds some value for you. Okay, so the next thing that I want to mention that helps me, you know, get out of this funk when I'm hit down is rituals. So these are things that you know that no matter what happens when you go home, you can count on this. It's kind of similar to grounding things, but it's slightly different in the sense that this is like more mindless and it's like more regular. So I'm not a morning routine person yet. (laughs) My morning routine is like accidentally oversleeping my alarm and then taking Ellie to the bathroom and feeding her and then throwing on my scrubs and like hastily doing my makeup. So Yeah, if you can count this like chaos and cortisol as a morning routine, then sure, that's mine. But I do have a couple things that I always think about whenever I'm stuck in like the middle of doing something in clinic and I wish I could just run away and not be there and be like literally anywhere else but there. I know you guys know what I'm talking about. So I remind myself that no matter what it is in this moment, this moment will pass and at the end of the day, I still get to go home, walk Ellie and take her to the dog park. So I love taking her to the dog park. It's this really nice ritual for me because it's such a reliable thing that I do every day. It makes me happy to see how happy she is. It's just like that stability and that like grounding ritual idea that's like really nice to me. So like the other day I was doing something and I was stuck in the middle of it and I was like, you know what? When the clock turns seven, I'm getting out of here and I'm taking her to the dog park. So for some of you guys, it can be things that you really enjoy, like a weekly workout class or like weekly grocery shopping or something. I also go to a coffee shop every weekend to work on the podcast. So this is like my version of like, I I guess you could say like church almost, like church or religious practices can be a great example of this too. And the sad thing is these rituals, these things are often the first thing to go whenever the times get tough, right? Like whenever you're overwhelmed at work or have to stay late or studying for boards, it's easy to be like, I'll work out once this all is over. I'll go back to church like whenever I have more time. And think about maybe how much better you could be doing if you still kept up with those things. If you were emotionally, mentally, physically healthier and refreshed to face these challenges. It was my instinct at first to put off working out until like after my boards, but I realized I actually think I study better and manage my time better and feel better if I keep working out because like I have more energy, I have a release, my mood and emotions are like slightly more stable. Jimmy might say otherwise. But yeah, when I was like studying for my boards for pharmacy school, I was an emotional wreck because all I did was hole up in my sweatpants and study 24 seven. And it just, it doesn't have to be like that, okay? I'm telling you guys, it can be better. Okay, the next thing, number five, is take an inventory of your life. Okay, look back to where you were five years ago, and between then and now, realize how much progress you've made and how different of a person you are. What are the things that you're so thankful about in your life right now compared to back then? If you guys didn't notice, I'm like essentially trying to trick you guys into a gratitude exercise, okay? I know, I know, I I feel like the G word gratitude gets like a bad rep for people that don't like like this like fluffy spiritual manifesty kind of stuff. But here's the thing, you can be the most practical, non-spiritual, non-astrology manifesting, believing bad bitch, you can still benefit from gratitude, okay? I just feel like there's a negative connotation with the word sometimes with like practical people, but this practice brings me so much satisfaction and comfort because it makes me realize things that things aren't as bad as I think they are right now. 
And it gets me out of this like ruminating bubble that I tend to live in. So regularly try to reflect on the things you're grateful for. Like if you're like eating lunch with a friend or it's like a really great lunch, you can even be alone. Or maybe like you're making progress in some area. Like sometimes I'm literally just thankful that it was like a normal day. And gratitude is also really important because a lot of times it reminds us of our why. I'll be sad sometimes that something didn't work out for this one appointment, but I'm also grateful that I was able to give my other patient, you know, results that they were happy with. And that can be my why. It's like, oh, like, you know what? It's not all bad. I still help someone smile. I help someone eat and sleep like their usual self again it's all good gratitude can also give you motivation because it can help you see how far you've come and like you can't give up now people act like you have to be motivated all the time but a it's not possible and b it's really hard and you know when it's even harder it's harder when you feel like a failure so you have to find a way to create that own motivation and also be disciplined and for me it really comes with gratitude and recognizing how far i've come instead of focusing on how much farther i have to go So one example, one thing I really like to do every week when I journal is on Sunday, the week before the begins, or the, (laughs) is that even English? On Sunday, before the week begins, I journal on a page. I say this week to come, and then I list all the things that I have planned, good, bad, stressful, whatever. Then once the week is done, the next Sunday, I reflect back and next to each thing I wrote, I'll give an update. You can even do it in like a different pen. And it'll be like this procedure on Wednesday, like update, it went well. This is the good thing that happened. Or like, this is what I learned from it. And it's just nice to see the progress and you see how life moves on and you see how usually things work out for the best. There have been so many entries where I'm like, update, this happened and I'm sad about it. And then later there's like an update to the update. And it's like, update to the update, it actually worked out. Interrupting myself again to bring you the second voicemail of the week, this time from my good friend Deja on Instagram, also known as The Curly Clinician. She is a pediatric physical therapist and a lifestyle blogger, so we love to see it. Welcome, Deja. Hello, friends. This is Deja from The Curly Clinician. I am a new graduate pediatric physical therapist living in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I graduated from Duke University's physical therapy program last May, and I'm so excited to be on the podcast today sharing a little bit about um, what I do to kind of shake off those negative or guilty feelings from patient interactions and try not to carry those things home with me. Um, It's actually something I've been struggling with as a new graduate and as a new clinician, especially working in pediatrics, you know, working with sick kids, it's really hard to not bring home um, that child's and that family's issues or concerns. Um, So the first thing that I do is I try to finish all of my documentation before I get home so that once I'm home, I have that kind of like hard boundary um, to kind of turn off work and try to enjoy my evening and, you know, go back to it the next day. Something else I've been trying to um, remember is to view every experience as an opportunity to learn and improve for the next time. Um, And remembering that doing my best will always be enough and I'm not expected to be perfect. I've actually realized that um, families and patients actually appreciate knowing that you're human just like them and that, you know, you make mistakes and that you don't know everything, but that you're going to do your best to um, find out what you may not know or fill the gaps or um, if they have a question just to slow down and be like, hey. I don't know the answer, but I will find out and get back to you. I've found that that's been better than trying to act like I know everything, even when I don't. Um, Something else I've been trying to do to protect myself just emotionally with the nature of my job 
is to write things out. So whether that be in a journal or I like to use Instagram captions as a way to kind of process what I'm going through um, and also connect with others who may be feeling similarly, of course, abiding by HIPAA and all that good stuff. And then lastly, when I have a really heavy day, I honestly just let myself feel all the feels. I allow myself to um, acknowledge my emotions and honor them instead of just trying to brush them under the rug because I don't want to become jaded and I do want to be, you know, an empathetic clinician. So yeah, having boundaries, letting things roll off my back, not always carrying so much um, guilt home with me is something that I am also trying to get better at. So I hope that these tips will be helpful for you too. Thanks for having me, Connie. Alrighty, thanks so much for that voicemail, Deja. Now back to the main episode. So the next thing that helps me when I'm feeling low is I like talking to someone outside of the field. I'll never forget, I was overwhelmed second year and I was calling my best friend Melissa from pharmacy school and I was like venting about how overwhelmed I was about some like endo lab project. And I was explaining to her why I was so overwhelmed and she was just kind of like, okay, why don't you just like, do it then (laughs) it was or it was like something similar to that effect and it kind of just made me realize like why am I getting down so much like sometimes explaining what happens kind of takes you outside of your head and it lets you see the big picture and when you hear someone else's reaction from it you kind of like realize it's not as big as you think it is there's this reoccurring theme in my life at least where it's really about thinking big picture because my downfall is that I'm a really intense person when it comes to the details and fixating on them sometimes, and I realize that it affects my big picture outcome, which is what you honestly should care about more. But yeah, by explaining to someone else what happened, you kind of realize like, wow, this really was out of my control. I did do everything I could, and I can't place that much pressure on myself. And last but not least, number seven to helping me bounce back, chatting with my mentors. So I want to do an episode all about this because I think finding mentors and you know, connecting with mentors is extremely important. So mentors are really great because they're basically where we want to be. So they remember what it was like when they were where we were. But having that foresight of how it's going to play out is really helpful and empowering to know like it's going to be okay. And someday you'll end up in their shoes. Friends are great for commiserating with, right? But there's just something about a mentor that's kind of reassuring because like, I'll be honest, half the time, My friends and I, it's just the blind leading the blind, okay? (laughs) I'm sure my friends listening to this will agree. We basically just go back and forth being like, you'll be okay. And then it's like your turn to freak out. And then they'll have to be like, you'll be okay. And it's just this cycle of all of us telling ourselves that we're going to be okay, even though we don't really know it's going to be okay. But I mean, like we kind of know it'll be okay. Yeah, we just, we're just the blind leading the blind. But anyways, mentors are a little different because they actually know what they're talking about (laughs) for your stage. I'm not saying they know what they're doing at their stage because I realize we actually all just don't know what we're doing in the present moment, but mentors can at least look back and they can give you pretty solid advice for back then, like, like where you are now. And anyways, that is all I have for this week's episode. I hope this message helped any of you guys out there. My heart really goes to you guys because like, girl, I know, or guy, girl or guy, I just know, like, we're all struggling. Everything is a struggle. The amount of times, like a week that I had to tell myself, like, why is everything so hard? Like, I mean, it is, but at the same time, it kind of isn't, right? Like, when you do the tips that I told you, when you get out of your head, when you realize, you know, everything's not as bad as you think it is. Everything's not as bad as it seems, and it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. The dark cloud is going to move. We're going to take care of ourselves. We're not going to let that one straw break our camel Kathy's backs, okay? And we're going to be okay, okay? So anyways, that was it for this week's episode. Um... 
again next week jimmy will be taking over the episode so i hope you guys have fun with him and yeah i'll see you guys maybe next week you know what i'll, I'll pop in for an introduction next week so i will see you guys next week bye <laughs>